0: Timmy McLean, the talented freshman. A year ago, he was leading Seminole High School to a state championship. Tonight, he gets the nod. Starting quarterback for the Bulls.
1: McLean will flip it, and they'll run it the other way. Heading for the end zone. Touchdown, Weaver. And the end
0: around from three yards out. He crashes down, but Clay keeps it for a touchdown. Bang, up the middle.
1: Looking for the officials.
0: Signal none yet, and there it is. Touchdown polls.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Fletcher and Fowler podcast here. I am Will Turner. I'm your host. I'm joined tonight by one of our regular regularly appearing co-host that will be with us for the majority of the time but ironically enough the first time that he'll be around i'm with the honorable daniel chapman appreciate uh daniel for coming on he'll he'll have plenty of opinions uh as we record from the away so the usf visiting uh radio box here at ford stadium usf just wrapped up a 41-17 to loss against the SMU Mustangs inside of Ford Stadium uh, for homecoming on the hilltop. Uh, and that was a game that happened. So, Daniel, uh, first of all, a, a weird way of us actually getting on the podcast together, but uh, finally getting you here. But just uh, your initial thoughts of kind of
0: kinda how everything went down. It's tough, really, when you watch the team play in an environment against a team where they should be losing by what was that? I think the spread was like open at 20 points or something. I think it goes like 22. 20 and a half was, was the spread today. Okay, yeah. So, they're supposed to lose by a lot. And you see, like, kind of what Jeff Scott touched on on his conference, press conference, I'm sure we'll get to that, but yeah. plays were there to be made. And I said this on the board, which I was kind of doing the live vlog for as well, and I think I tweet out a couple of times that you could see the, the evolution of the team in the offense, specifically the defense. We can get into that. Um, schematically, I, I, I don't understand. Three down linemen, they were able to get a little bit of pressure today, later yeah. in the game, yeah. which I thought was good. You saw some kind of development from the front three. Mm-hmm. The play uh, Tremel Logan made that resulted in the, um, the pick by doing boils, great. That's what the defense is supposed to look like it was supposed to do. Uh, doesn't do that most of the time. You're without your three corners. Um, bye week came at the right time.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's what and that's what Jeff Scott said uh, post game is uh, a myriad of one of the many things that he that he had to say was, uh, the open week comes at a good time. They'll have two weeks to prepare before welcoming Tulsa to Raymond James Stadium in two weeks on October 16th. And Tulsa, as we saw earlier in the week uh, yesterday, in fact, really just laid an egg against against houston um in their home park so i mean you look at this conference and when i look at it there's a lot of parody tulane doesn't know what the heck they're doing from the looks of it houston's up and down navy just beat ucf ucf just lost the navy uh you know we'll we'll go into that a did little did we bit. mention that
0: ucf lost to navy did we mention
1: ucf <laughs> lost the navy uh, at least smu had wins so You know, uh, but, but, but yeah, uh, obviously a a disappointing performance again, very, uh, and honestly, I don't think the final score really indicates just kind of how close this was. You know, USF enters the the fourth quarter only down 10 points. They're down 27 to 17 after a one yard rush from Jaron Mangum with 29 seconds to go in the third quarter and you know it's it's close and what was the deficit after a quarter 10 nothing right USF ends up just not being able to start fast which is something that they wanted to do early in the week and um they don't start fast obviously as we saw today go down ten nothing and then a confusing play call on a fourth and five from the SMU 34 yeah uh i i got my own thoughts and opinions on that one
0: yeah i uh I, why do you punt from the plus side of the field in a game that you're playing red zone roulette in? This game was always going to come. You, SMU is a great offense. They are. They have a good O line, great running backs, unbelievable weapons on the outside, and the QB that can get them the ball. Yep. They're going to move the ball. If you give it to them on their own 34 versus their own two, it's two plays. That's it. You gain nothing, you lose everything. You lose one of your spins on the roulette wheel to try and get a touchdown. Mm. The only way that you're going to win this game. Going into it, you have to have that. And Buddy Elliott says all the time, red zone, you you're going up against these great offenses, you hold them to three in the red zone, and you get seven. That's how you win these games, especially as a 20-point dog. And that mindset, honestly, I mean, I can't speak for the players, obviously, I obviously have no idea, but as an offensive player there, you look at what Jeff Scott's done previous weeks when he's been incredibly aggressive. With mm-hmm. BYU, he went from his own side of the field on the first or second drive of the game mm-hmm. and didn't get it whatever but you knew this is a much more talented team than we are we need to score points it just doesn't make sense to me and as a player whether it's Timmy or wide receivers O-line whatever you have to go into that onto the sideline and punt that ball away thinking okay so he just doesn't believe in us is there like we can't get this five yards so he's more happy to maybe hope for like a pick like what happened and fair enough it's possible it's just unlikely Um, so in that in my mind you have to put percentages there you have to go for it, and um, you also have, did a pretty good job of executing. Uh, I think that you look at the long balls; you want to have those back. Yeah. Um, but overall, I thought that Timmy was on time and on target most of the time for short and intermediate throws. You look at a bunch of RPOs that he hit to OD. I think uh, Demarcus Gregory has been great in the last two weeks. Yeah. Huge step up. And I mean, I'm, well, I'm sure we'll talk about him. Um, Mr. Jimmy Horn Jr. himself yep. was phenomenal today. Um, he made was. plays in space. He was looked looked dangerous whenever he got the ball in his hands. You have the weapons. I just
1: you have to go for it in that situation. If you're listening to the Fletcher and Fowler podcast for the first time, we appreciate you hopping on here. On we're recording Saturday night at about seven forty here at Ford Stadium. We do appreciate you you hanging out and. Listening to us, we are on all the major podcast distributors between Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. If you are intrigued and want to listen more, we have a few more episodes up so far. This is our third official episode, so still kind of getting our feet wet. And if you like what you hear, feel free to subscribe so that way you don't miss another episode of the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. And if you're feeling even more generous or if you've listened to the show for a couple episodes and you like the content and like what you're hearing, feel free. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on the major podcast distributors again as we continue to try and grow this within the USF space. Tell your grandma, tell your friend, tell your brother, tell your sister, whoever you know that's a USF fan. We would love to be in their ears at some point. Also, make sure to check out our promotions over on Bulls247.com. We are currently, as always, running our year-round monthly sale. You can get a dollar for, you can pay one dollar. Yep, that's cheaper than your price of Buddy Brew coffee or cheaper than a Cigar City beer. Uh, one dollar for your first month uh, over on Bulls247.com. Uh, the open week should, should provide plenty of opportunity for, for uh, some recruiting scoop and some things like that. Uh, that I've got planned for this open week, or if you're feeling even more generous and you want to hop on for a year, we've always got a annual deal of 30% off over umples 247com But getting back into Saturday's game between SMU and USF, um, I we talked about the punt, and, I, and I'll kind of put it to bed here a little bit. I, I just I don't know. I obviously don't agree with the decision, and I don't agree with the idea to let SMU just kind of run down the field if they want to run down the field. Because at that point, right, you're down 10-0 in the first quarter. You wanted to start fast. You, you, you obviously did get start off, get off to a fast start. But then Jeff Scott says something. I just, I, I, I guess I get it. I don't know. Uh, I asked him post game about the fourth and five in the first quarter and why I didn't go for it. He said, quote, wanted to get them backed up, said, hey, let's try something different. And Andrew Stokes did a great job of putting them at the two-yard line and then went on to say, if I knew we, they would have gone for a 98-yard drive, we wouldn't have punted it to them. We would have gone for it, which, again, I just – your defense forced one punt against BYU – and to that point of the SMU game had forced nothing, hadn't stopped them. I just, you get to a point to where you just you just scratch your head and you wonder, and and I mean, it just almost felt like Charlie Strong taking his three timeouts in halftime two years ago, like uh, you know he was gonna go cash him out for for complimentary buffet vouchers at the Hard Rock. I mean, just, I I, I just. I don't know, man. It's 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 weird, but you know, moving in uh, to some of the positives because obviously, you know, there there still were some positives that 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 we that we want to bring up here on this Saturday night. Daniel, uh, I'll let you kind of go go first. What's one positive that you
0: could take away from tonight? They got their athletes in space. For honestly, I felt I felt like for most of the game they were. Manufacturing touches for the guys that they need to manufacture touches for. They were getting Jimmy Horn the ball. They were getting Xavier Weaver the ball. They were trying to get DeMarcus Gregory the ball. There was... I would like to see more motion still. uh, Pre-snap motion to try and get linebackers moving. Um, But I think they did a good job of getting guys the ball in space. Uh, And I also think... I continue to think and I know some people will probably disagree with this, but as a true freshman quarterback in a second start, you look at Timmy McLean and what he's done... He looks composed in the pocket. Yeah. He senses pressure very well. He's incredibly mobile, and he's making the right reads. You could see it, and he's like, I don't think he had a throw today where I was like, "What are you doing?" Mm. He had maybe one or two against BYU, and uh, he had a couple big drops today. Let's be honest. We Mick, uh, Mitch Brigman had a couple of really really bad drops, um, and he has one early in the season. That's something that I'm sure they'll clean up. Um, as time goes on maybe it's uh, he's just been underwhelming since he came in and it, and it
1: really sucks cuz I was hoping he would be he would be, you know, the kind of tight end that USF really needed. He
0: just he's been underwhelming. And yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, he they he seems to find himself in the right position and somehow doesn't end up in a good result. Yeah. Um so, you know, people always say process over result, maybe we come out of the bye week and he's catching everything that comes his way sure. he's in the right positions he had to drop touchdown he had to drop first down it's fine it kind of kills you but at the same time the college kids walk, you know stuff like this happens it happens in the NFL yep. not the end of the world yep. um, As I'm pretty sure steeg has been tweeting uh, today uh, shout out to Robert Steeg yeah saying,
1: he's, he's he's been out there he's you know just uh, he, he is Steeg everyone is, he is
0: steadfast Everyone enjoy the fact that they're they're making progress and in two weeks they're going to be playing someone who's not undefeated in the FBS Mm. or ranked. Uh, And I think that's another thing that we really have lost sight of um, when it comes to the USF community at times. People forget that uh, you played NC State, who are beat Clemson, Florida, who's Florida, uh, BYU, who is very good, and SMU who, who honestly looking at it might be the second best team in the American they, maybe they, beat yeah. Cincinnati who knows they, like, should, know. they should be ranked next to you without a doubt and that for me is the biggest thing so that's kind of my main takeaways is Timmy looks good they're getting the guys in space um, and progress is being made and that's it just step by step brick by brick Rome wasn't built in a day uh, any other kind of sayings that you want to put in there make yourself yeah. feel better just keep that in mind. Yeah, um, what about U-
1: you? USF, USF held, you know, I the, the defense is, is has been concerning, and the defense has been has struggled. Um, but I think for the first time this season, we really saw those guys start to create some some havoc, create some some pressure in in the third quarter. And I mean, Jesus Christ, American Athletic Conference refs, <laughs> just I. I whew. Antonio Greer has Trent Mordecai wrapped up by probably in between the, the left hash in the sideline, and he gets him out of bounds and is called for a late hit out of bounds. I I, I don't know how it's a late hit out of bounds when you had the guy wrapped up at the numbers.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I, 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 we were sitting in the box, and I, I just turned to Will and said, that's just... That just finished the tackle, yeah. Not, and it wasn't even like he slammed them; it was literally just a case of he slid down, yeah, complete the tackle, and then got back up. And it was like a flag came out of nowhere, and yep. then that was followed up by I think that was the intentional just, that was yeah. the
1: intentional grounding play, and then you get an intentional ground or excuse me, a no call on the intentional grounding, which I mean Trent Mordecai or, or I keep calling him Trent, excuse me, Tanner Mordecai is wrapped up by some good pressure, throws the ball away. And there's nobody there. And he's and, and 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 they say the explanation is that he's out of the pockets. Which the dude was behind his center, man. Like I just wasn't close, close. Yeah. He was in between the hashes. He was near dead center of the hashes. But whatever. Um you know, instead of instead of maybe getting off the field without allowing any points, SMU gets a field goal there. Uh, to make it twenty to ten at that point. I mean, USF had this game within a score at 17-10. I mean, it was twelve fifty left in the third. They had a, a really good drive to, to start the, the third quarter, seven plays, 75-yard drive. I think Jimmy Horn had the big 34-yard catch. Um, yeah, on on a third and 17, no less. A nice little yep. tunnel screen that he just dumps off to the right and finds a lane. Uh, this was, I think, this is the Jimmy Horn breakout, uh, yeah. breakout game. We've seen a lot of Sean Atkins recently, and he had one catch for 14 yards on one target early in the game. And because Omari oh, Dalison has got pushed out to the outside with the injury to Latrell Williams, and now Jimmy Horn is it, it got some got some good run in the slot today. Split some coverages nicely. Uh, I think he on that uh, he had a 20-yard gain, or uh, he had a big gainer right before halftime that was a 37 yard pass excuse me um and he just split cover two i it right, just split cover two the safeties were playing uh with their with their feet on the goal line practically and and jimmy horn ends up making a nice catch splitting two two defenders in a cover two so there, there's progress offensively i mean you're a couple plays away you look at that drive you know that last drive um I think he was looking. There was there was one play where O'Marion Dollison was 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 the intended target out of uh, and was just out of reach down the sideline. Xavier Weaver had some guys beat by a mile down the USF sideline uh,
0: on a on a post corner route. Yep. Um, and then the one on the uh, Timmy stepped up in the pocket and had Weaver running kind of a post route from a tight formation across to the right side. Uh, he just overthrew him as well. Yeah. Small plays. Small plays. And I think I'd like to go back to the, the thing that you're talking about with you look at it, and it was score 17-3, and USF picks off Mordecai. Yeah. And yeah, big big play from Dwayne Boyle, sir. Huge play. And Tramiel Logan put the left tackle in a blender. Great play by him. Rushing the passer. Gets in there. Makes a play. Dwayne Boyle's just on the ball. Great all-around. Hopefully that's signs of things to come for the defense, right? Yep. But you look at that—you're down 17-3. You get the ball on the 50-yard line. You just have a couple bad plays, and I think that was where that was the drive where he had OD for a touchdown, missed them, had Weaver for a touchdown, missed them. Yep. Small margins, but seven points there. You're looking at a 17-10 game. You then give SMU the ball back, uh, and then this is one of the only times that you stop them. After that drive, yep. you, they go three and out. You get the ball back again with 23 seconds left. Huge play to Jimmy Horn again on kind of over the middle. He was talking about it. I think he mentioned it in his press conference where uh, he put a double move on a guy and, and kind of split the safeties, and Timmy hit him over the middle. Yep. You get down there, and then excusably, Timmy gets caught with nine seconds left scrambling rather than throwing the ball outbounds.
1: You can't kick the yep. field goal. And you mentioned Charlie Weiss Jr. We were pretty close to, to the coaches' box, to the USF coaches' box. They kind of Ford Stadium is, is is a very very interesting place. It's it's kind of a maze. Uh, I had trouble just tr- trying to find the field. I mean, it's just it, it's weird how this place is laid out. Yep. And you know the 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 another weird thing about it is I've never seen an away coaching box be so close to press row. I've I've been in a lot of stadiums in, in a lot of American Athletic Conference stadiums. I think over half of the league, and I've never seen an away coaching box that close to press row. And I mean, Daniel, you could probably speak a little bit more towards <laughs> towards this. I mean, you really? heard Charlie Weiss. We heard kind of, yeah, really? you, you um, heard it in full
0: glory. He was. Uh, it was actually quite interesting to be as close as we were and, and get that kind of exposure to what's going on. But yeah, um, yeah, he was heated to say the least. Uh, as soon as Timmy got the ball on that, uh, nine seconds left, that play, you held, heard the entire box yelling, "Just throw it away! Just throw it away! Just get rid of it! Get rid of it! Get rid of it!" For one more play, and uh, yeah, and then half, you hear the door kind of slam open, and all the coaches come out uh, looking pretty, pretty pissed, really. Um, Jeff Scott spent an extra second or
1: two talking to Timmy afterwards. Yeah, uh, on the field because that's where I was for the first half.
0: But again, I think it's important to know true freshman quarterback second ever start. Yeah, third, third, third ever start. He's not gonna make this mistake again. This is one of the things. that like it happens once. That's it. You realize okay, nine seconds left. Run, run, run. Not there. Throw. It's 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 learning curves and it's important and everyone has them. Not everyone's gonna be. Sam Howell, true freshman at NC State where they're like or uh, UNC, sorry, where he's like, Oh, he might win the Heisman. Yeah. It takes time, he'll learn. But yeah, that was just I felt like that was another backbreaking moment for this USF team in this game where they sit and look back at it and they say, Well, actually if we'd had that touchdown to O D, we start them, we get the ball back, we get the field goal, all of a sudden it's seventeen thirteen going into halftime and we get the ball coming out of half. They march and score, maybe they're up twenty seventeen. It's such small margins. And I honestly think if we can go back to the start of the season and tell everyone that come the SMU game, we will be talking about razor-thin razor margins as the reason that we lost. Yeah. Everyone would take it. Yeah. And that's I – just, I just can't emphasize enough how important it is to just continue to look positively on it. And I think yeah. um, if you've not – if you don't follow uh, – coach fernandez on twitter go look at what he tweeted oh
1: yeah jose jose fernandez and we'll talk i mean we'll 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 have plenty of women's basketball coverage uh on the best team on uh, on the podcast here as we get closer to it um but yeah jose fernandez was very very candid on social media tonight about uh usf football and i mean jose he he doesn't mince words he really doesn't and you know i i I, I agree with a lot of what he says. Um, here, you know, his first tweet was, uh, you know, Bulls Nation 4 and 24, 14 and 13, 7 and 20 were his first seasons as head coach. And then he posted an NIT and an NIT and a NCAA tournament right after that. Uh, in the next three seasons, and, you know, Jose is a, is a shining example of, of, of what you could do, patience, right, of what you could do when, um, yeah, when you're given patience, and I really, you know, Jose knows what he's talking about, he's built a program, and, you know, when a, when a coach like, like, like that says something, you shut up and listen a little bit, but, um, yeah, Jose, very candid. I, I enjoyed I enjoy it. Kind of puts things into perspective a little bit for USF fans. Um, you know, one 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 note that I put on on Twitter uh, about about the the defense uh, tonight is that over their last eighteen drives, so eight uh, against BYU and then twelve. And so so my 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 numbers might be a touch off here. Um, my numbers might be a touch off here, but USF's defense has allowed 55 have allowed touchdowns on 55.5 percent in points, whether that's a field goal or a touchdown on 72.2 percent of their last 18 drives since the BYU game. Um, those are those are staggering numbers. Whether they're out of context, in context, you played the number five offense and you played a top another top 25 team. Um, I, I, I don't care, uh, if you're going to play the schedule that you play and play tough and be the only team in the country to play three top 25 teams, you better learn quick, right? And I think you, you saw some, some, some defensive improvements at times, you know, I, I was a little testy on Twitter towards the end, but, um, you know, uh. USF ended up holding SMU to 103 yards below their season average, 119 yards below its rushing average. Granted, SMU was without Ulysses Bentley, the fourth their leading rusher. And they held Trent Mordecai 30 yards below his passing average uh, as the number five offense in college football coming into the weekend. So there's improvement. I mean, and Jeff Scott said there weren't a lot of busted plays You know there weren't a lot of guys wide open like there was against BYU. There were some you know plays where a guy was right there. Um, So the numbers look bad, and again, like I said, the ops kind of look bad, especially the final score looks bad. But and
0: I I also think it was interesting that um, this was the first week of live tackling right in practice. And for me looking at it, I'd I'd need to go back and watch the game or, or look at some some advanced stats, but it felt like there was still a lot of missed tackles, it did. but it felt like they were rallying to the ball better. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a mentality thing, like mentally, because you're practicing rallying to the ball and tackling in practice, in a game that translates. Maybe that's something to do with it, but I still feel like they need to make that improvement on making tackles. And they, they, I think they almost doubled their tackles for loss on the season in this game alone. They did. Yeah. So Nathan Bond and Daly breathed brought that up. Something has improved clearly um, getting pressure maybe SMU's 0 had a really really horrible game um, I'll be able to look at stats uh, tomorrow but um, there's positives there is positives on the defense they are improving but one thing that I thought was interesting was when you look at uh, the we talk about progress right mm-hmm. and and that's that's going to be the key word for the year is, is progress and looking at PFF grades for the team as a whole on a week over week basis so Offensively, week one through week four, um, I'll have numbers tomorrow on today, but um, 49.2 against NC State, 58.1 against Florida, 63.1 against FAMU, 66.3 against BYU for offense. That is a gradual improvement, game over game, opponent over opponent. It doesn't matter who it is, they're improving. Yeah, You see improvement. Defensively, 49.7, 53.4, 69.3, 46.1. There's not the same level of improvement there. The only mm. real improvement that you've seen was against FAMU, and honestly, that's not really fair to compare because it's an FCS team. Yeah. There's something that's not clicking, whether it's schematically, whether it's the fact that players are hurt. We'll find out after the bye week, I guess. Um, Sounds like Christian Williams,
1: TJ Robinson, Jalen Herring could be back for that Tulsa game. That would be ahead of schedule for Christian Williams, as we were previously told. It would be four to five weeks before he came back. Uh, and we were told that before the BYU game, so I kind of had him on pace for uh, the 23rd against Temple, and so yeah, so the Tulsa game would be would be kind of a little bit ahead of schedule for him. Uh, TJ Robinson, I'm not sure why why he was held out today. Um, I'm not. We're still not sure what his injury was on the record. Somebody said concussion on Twitter, but you never know. I talked to TJ for a quick second. Uh, right after the game he made the trip he seemed in good spirits. so um and then I don't know what the injury is with, with, with Jalen Herring uh the good thing is to, to today is that it didn't seem like there were a lot of guys that got hurt Antonio Greer got banged up but Antonio Greer has been banged up for the last four years Dwayne Boyles as well Dwayne Boyles D- Dwayne Boyles made a quick uh visit to the evaluation center, came right back out mm-hmm. uh and seemed fine yeah um Darian Grant did get hurt again, which we'll see what what goes on with then with him. Uh, Bryce Miller did not play for the second consecutive game. Uh, he's been dealing with that ankle injury. He did take warm-ups again this week, as he did with BYU. Uh, and I'm trying to think about any other injuries. Darian
0: Felix still out.
1: Darian Felix made the trip. He was still out. Christian Williams did not make the trip. Uh, Will Jones made the trip. Obviously, he's out for the year. Isaac Romarty, uh, who... Is, is he out for the year? I don't. I, I don't know. know. Um, we were told he'd be out for the year, but he's warming up. So I don't know. Maybe his knee's ahead of schedule. I don't know. Uh, we saw a lot of Ben Knox and and walk on East High School uh, alum Joshua Green at the cornerback spot today. Solo, but Matt Harris as well. Uh, yeah, more along the linebacking core. Uh, even though Mac was originally recruited as a safety or something like that. So uh we do uh plan to do some we do plan to take some questions here on the post game uh from a couple of fans and we've got three so far that i see as we're recording this here just past the eight o'clock hour uh in uh, the central time zone here in dallas uh we'll go ahead and start with twitter and uh got one from from the man bradley baldus uh, what was the point of putting Fortin in with five minutes left? I'm okay with pre- protecting McLean, but why not Marsh if he's just going to throw up the, right, the white flag and call only run plays? Uh, not entirely sure, and we didn't really get an answer from Jeff Scott. Nobody really asked him about why Fortin came in. Fortin took the second team reps um, in offensive warm so not really sure uh, how that rotation's continuing to go. Uh, I did see this week on the game notes that there wasn't any or between the quarterbacks. Jaron Williams also traveled this week, which he didn't against BYU. I don't know. I thought that was interesting that that Kate came in.
0: Yeah, and we actually spoke about this this morning on the way here in the airport. Yeah. uh, Where we we spoke about who would be the first guy off the bench. And I guess we got our answer. Maybe. Kind of. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I find it. I, I I have no idea. Obviously, I've only seen... Um, we've not even really seen Katravis in an actual game, have we? Um, Florida. Tail end of Florida. I guess. Uh, you, I think he made one pass. It was a completion for like 14 yards. Yeah. Um, he let a, a scoring drive. Yeah. And I don't know. Uh, coaches, I guess, have made the decision that Cade's the guy for that. I really have no idea. I... I kind of jokingly said the will. Uh, I hope this is just throwing up the white flag and it's not the start of another QB. Yeah, carousel. I I don't
1: think I don't think there's to be yeah. any concern about Timmy's uh, starting starting position. I mean, he protected the ball well. He yeah. just did make some decisions here and there.
0: Yeah, I think that was uh, I think you asked uh, Jeff kind of a question in the in the presser that he about answered, how you him. Um, how you evaluated Timmy and, and, and all indication based on how he. What did his response was that he's not yeah. he's not planning on pulling that trigger anytime soon, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. Yep.
1: yep. He made some good passes. 14 and 22 for 223 yards. Career Six, high. Uh, career high. 64% completion uh, percentage. 102, 102 of that went to uh, Jimmy Horn Jr. Xavier Weaver had three catches for 34 yards. DeMarcus Gregory had two for 40. Uh, O'Marion Dollison had one for 18. Atkins, one for 14. Mitch Brinkman, uh, one for 13. And Kelly Joiner Jr. had one for two uh, yards today.
0: So, uh, question for you would be just kind of, what do you make of this running back rotation? Okay. Um, I've been trying to make a little bit more sense of it. You look at the carry breakdown. Joyner got six. Mangum got 11. Baty got seven. All kind of varying levels of success.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mangum, the thing with Mangum is is like, he's shoot man he's already halfway to USF single season rushing touchdown record that was set in 2016 by Quentin Flowers Uh, he added two today Mangum is your short yardage guy and I mean I'd have to take a look at where he got the majority of his carries uh, today Um, USF 39, USF 47 a little bit on the SMU side of the ball Um, looks like it was pretty even about where they used him uh, compared to compared to maybe some prior games, Batie had a really nice 24-yard run where he completely flipped the play. Average six and a, uh, six and a half yards per carry. Mangum was 1.9. I I don't know. I, I he's a short yardage guy. I mean that's that that's how you that's how you look at it. And uh, I I'm a little. I think Brian Batie's leash was really really short against BYU you saw the early fumble and then he, he got the start and then he never played the rest of the game and Mangum goes for 26 carries yeah so I don't know maybe Batiste's leash was a little bit short after that BYU game I I don't know I mean Jim Levitt had his rushing defense pretty solid only gave up 113 yards on 37 carries it's 3.1 yard average yeah including the quarterback with with McLean. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know we'll we'll see how it develops right now i think it's pretty cut and dry in terms of mangum is your is your short yardage in the in the 10 yard in, in the 10 yard line and then uh Batea is kind of everybody else so uh got two questions over in the bulls 24 7 message boards first one from bulls fanatic uh which percentage or what percentage of the blame does glenn spencer deserve for the defense obviously the personnel puts them in a rough spot but looking for a more insightful input Uh, into our struggles it's tough it's tough I think personally um, USF gave up 40 or more points today for the 8th time in now 14 games of the Jeff Scott era which is good for a percentage of 57% of your games you are allowing 40 points or more Um, that's a problem and I don't think that's a personnel problem. Like, I, I, I just I don't think that's a personnel problem. I so, mean that that's a that's a problem. Danny back to last season, and I know personnel was tough during COVID year, and I, I, yeah, that's why it's so tough to kind of judge and see if he was if he like would play against the play with a full deck of cards. But I mean eight and fourteen of forty, and then I could probably do the numbers later on about eight, about how many 30 point performances USF has had against them and I tell you it's quite a few because you had the Memphis game from last year, you had the BYU game from this year, you had Temple um, from last year, you had Tulsa uh, no that might have been 40 I can't remember, but that that's a that's a scheme issue if you're giving up
0: that many points consistently that's a scheme issue in my eyes Agreed Um I think that it depends on how you look at it, right? Because schematically, it might work. I don't think it will. I don't really understand the three down linemen. I don't think it works in the college game. Yeah. But um, for me, I think it's a bit of both. Because you can schematically think it would work, but you can look at your roster and say, we don't have the talent to do this. Pulling it up right now, it looks like your starting end is 280, your starting nose is 276, and your starting tackle is 275. Yep. SMU's starting center and guards are all three ten.
1: The big Texas boys,
0: they eat <sighs> Yeah, they're eating they that eat. they're eating that uh, pecan lodge barbecue Shut Hey, <laughs>
1: that's good stuff,
0: man. That's our that's our ad that's our ad plug. Um yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> to be blunt, it does it doesn't. Uh you can't have three down linemen uh who are giving up thirty pounds to yeah, to offensive linemen. It So I guess kinda of ran it back into question like how much percentage does he blame or do you put on him? Hard to put an exact number, but it's definitely more than 50. Yeah. Um, at this point you've had two years to kind of get guys in for your scheme, whether it's through the portal or through recruiting. And you've not done that to the the level that we expect coming out, being in Florida based in Tampa. Um, yeah, it, it, it clearly doesn't, something's not lining up. Right. Um, And whether that's personnel, whether you want to blame the fact that he's lost a bunch of corners, Mm -hmm. you could do that. But at the same time, you have to look at it and say, why are you not adapting what you're doing to try and help these guys be better on the field? And I think that this is, um, you know, this was one of the complaints about uh, good old Sterling Gilbert back in the day was, you tried to fit the scheme into players rather than, Taking players and fitting your scheme around them. Don't put players in the scheme; build the scheme for the players. Mm. Um, he doesn't seem to be doing that. Uh, it's tough. It's really tough. I, you know, I'll be interested to see what happens when they come out of the bye week with two weeks to prepare, and maybe he gets some healthy bodies back. I do think that Will Jones, being at hurts. agreed. I think that, based on all accounts, great spring. Yeah, uh, great fall, brutal injury, uh, and the worst the, possible the time. The
1: Matt, the Matt Hill experiment at safety is not working.
0: He yeah. was
1: better today because they actually put him at safety, and that's the problem. Is he's been slid down a slot corner, and because of depth issues, and he's not a corner. And you know, shout out, shout out, Joshua Green, shout out Ben Knox. Those guys hadn't played all year and, and got some good, good time today against the you know, top passing offense. So shout-out to those guys.
0: I also thought uh, LaPointe stepped up and had a pretty good game. He did look good. Um, he, did, he, he made a couple good. pretty good tackles, pretty big tackles. And um, I can't remember who it was, but shout-out to uh, Michael Hamilton, who stopped a kickoff return touchdown with yep. a last-ditch tackle. Yep. That's what you like to see. Mitchell and, Product.
1: Shout-out. Mustangs just knocked off Gaither this week good uh good effort yeah um we got one um, more question on the board before we wrap it up because get out of here uh from Ford stadium it's late it's late not as late as utah but you know (laughs) uh from from tb bull why is gunner greenwald not getting early playing time like jimmy horn brinkman literally and figuratively let us down today It couldn't hurt to give him some playing time unless they're trying to redshirt him I'll tell you right now, and I can probably answer this myself, is is Gunnar Greenwald will not be redshirted, and I will tell you why. Because they literally have two different jerseys for the man, and I'll explain. Gunnar Greenwald wears number fifteen. Normally. On kickoff, and or on kickoff return rather, Gunnar Greenwald wears number fourteen. Because Jaden Curry is also on that same unit and wears number fifteen. So, in order for USF to evade the penalty that they had against NC State, where there were two number fours on the field, they give Gunner a jersey with his name on the back and everything that's that's 14. And because of that, that's why they won't return him. They made him a special jersey for for special teams. Gunner, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> And it may sound – I mean, he's, he's also already played uh, more than four games, so, so he's not even eligible for the red shirt anymore. Uh, today was his fifth game. So, uh, Gunner – oh, is it his fourth? Who today did he play was, against? He did
0: not play against Florida.
1: Did not play against Florida? Uh, not even on special teams? Doesn't look like it. Huh. Um, you may be wrong, because I, I think I have pictures of him from that game, but maybe, I could be wrong. Maybe. Um, but, yeah, so even if Gunner played his fourth game today, it doesn't matter. In terms of why he's not getting as much offensive production, I they've elected to go with Chris Carter as their second tight end for more of a block look. Obviously, Brinkman just isn't kind of cutting it. Uh, intrigued to see what they do. I think Gunner is going to be a really good player in USF colors and I. You know, uh, he's 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 already you know proved to, to have the size maybe that they that they wanted to have with Holden Willis two years ago that Holden just didn't get a chance to put on before they moved him out to wideout. Uh, Gunner came in with that size naturally, and they didn't really have to to put anything more on him. Um, I think Gunner is again, I think he's gonna be a special player. I just you know, I don't know, I don't know why they're not playing him. That's a that's a great question. In uh, a question uh, for Jeff Scott probably on Tuesday. So we are going to finish up here as they've just closed the press box uh, windows here at Ford Stadium. Uh, it's obviously our cue to head home, back to the hotel. Thanks again for tuning in to the Fletcher and Fowler Podcast. I've been your host Will Turner along with Daniel Chapman and we will be here uh, breaking things down. Daniel should be on. We'll have a, a, a nice little rotation going so feel free to uh, keep, stay tuned for that. Again, if this was your first time listening, feel free to subscribe on all your favorite podcast distributors as well as the megaphone.fm within your browser. And again, if you're feeling generous, please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and whatever the other podcast uh, distributors, whatever their form of ratings are, I'm still not familiar with it. But appreciate everybody tuning in. Again, from Ford Stadium, USF fell 41-17. to 17. Uh, tonight against smu on the road at ford stadium they'll have an open week before taking on tulsa at raymond james stadium on october the 16th okay i'm confused and i think there could be a ghost because right as i was finishing my outro they decided to put the press box blinds back up so we're gonna get out of here before ghosts start coming out because the stadium is this i don't like this stadium I, I, I don't. It's a maze. I don't like it. When I come out with my American Athletic Conference stadiums ranked, which I have, like, two more to go. I have, like, Tulane and Temple. you have any more?
0: You might have some new ones in a couple of years. Uh, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> spoiler, but, uh, spoiler for another podcast.
1: We'll, we'll get there when we get there. But, yeah, so appreciate everybody tuning in. We're going to get out of here. Um, and we'll be back. We'll catch you on the flip side. We'll, we should have something later midweek, something of that nature. But make sure to keep – Stay in tune on Bulls247.com for all its content regarding the USF Bulls. We will catch you on the flip side.